Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Richard Blissbrook here for yet another global influencer interview. And today I have the deep honor and friendship to uh, bring you Sonia Stringer from San Diego, California. She is the founder of the Biz Academy for Women.com, which we'll talk about. But mostly, we're just going to have you just go deep on Sonia and learn who she is and what she's been bringing to the network marketing direct selling community for, gosh, I'm going to say at least 15 years, maybe 20 years, Sonia. I'll let you fill in the details once I'm done introducing you. This superstar has coached over a half a million people around the world in direct selling. She uh, comes from Tony Robbins' uh, national sales team. She was a national sales trainer for Tony Robbins for years. She brings brilliant strategies and psychology and grace to the direct selling community. And when I met Sonia, I don't know, maybe you remember, I don't remember, but I'm going to guess 10 years ago, but could have been eight or nine or 15. I, you know, I've seen a lot of people uh, train and coach and speak and philosophize and give people direction and coach. And very rarely, very rarely do I meet somebody that has the grace and the, and the class and the generosity that you do, Sonia. I was immediately drawn to who you are. And who you are has manifested a beautiful community and tribe that follows you. And who you are has manifested a great friend in me because I always love being in your presence. I'm always inspired. I'm always fascinated. I'm always delighted. So thank you what you've brought to Richard Bliss Brook in the last 10 years. And on behalf of the half a million people that you've brought grace and beauty and insight to in the direct selling community. Thank you and welcome to Global Influencer. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. I'm going to get a big head. I listen to that all day. <laughs> my goodness. That is high praise, especially coming from you, sir. I, I so admire and respect the work you've done, both in the field and from the corporate side and especially from the training side. So that is high praise indeed. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So people want to hear stories. Uh, I like getting stories out of my guests here. So, uh, you know, probably one of the most fascinating things when I read your resume for the very first time years ago, national sales trainer for Tony Robbins, I was thinking, what is that? 
who are those people? How do you get that job? <laughs> do you just do you fill out a resume and send that, it in? And they there is a story. <laughs> there is a story there. I, if you like stories, I've got plenty of them. So we. Can I love there. stories, and I don't yeah. know that I've ever heard this story. How did oh. you become a national sales trainer for Tony Robbins? Well, it was a complete accident or coincidence or karma, maybe, whatever you believe. Um, yeah, I was not looking to do it. And maybe I can just share very quickly my background. I grew up in a very, very small town in Canada, even by Canadian standards. It's a small town. There's like 1,200 people in this town. It's a town called Lillooet, which if you know where Vancouver, Canada is, I'm sure you do. If you go north of Vancouver up to Whistler, which is a very famous ski area and then you drive another two hours into the wilderness you will find <laughs> my hometown called Lillooet, British Columbia which is a beautiful place um, it's a logging center uh, very very rural very remote and I had the pleasure of being born there and growing up there and um, did, you, did you win the Miss Lillooet contest um, I did actually <laughs> now that you mention it yes Yes, I'm not sure the competition was fierce, but uh, yes, that was one of the things I got to do. It was it was very sweet growing up in that environment. And those of you that have come from smaller places, I'm sure you'll agree. It's just lovely to feel that connected to people and part of a community. There were 42 people in my graduation class. So wow. that gives you an idea of the, the size and the scale of it. And a lot of the people I went to school with are still there. You know, it's that kind of community. So Yes, it was lovely to come from those humble <laughs> beginnings, that's for sure. Um, and then, yeah, how I ended up working for Tony, it was a very strange coincidence. I had a summer job. I was actually getting ready to move to Vancouver, Canada. So Vancouver, as some of you know, it's one of the larger cities in Vancouver. And I was about five hours away from that. And I was um, heading off to go to school and uh, study music. And as my summer job, I was hired by the local village um, to do some, I guess they call it outside work. You know, we were part of a group of students who were really hired to just clean up the parks and sort of take care of the town. And as luck would have it, the day I showed up for work, um, they had also hired uh, a male student to run this large piece of heavy duty machinery, like this big front end loader. It was a big Kubota front end loader. And he decided he was uh, going to work somewhere else for better money. And so I remember the first day I showed up for this job, um, the crew supervisor looking at this group of five skinny girls and saying, do any of you want this job? <laughs> and I, of course, had never driven any piece of heavy duty machinery, but I thought, okay, well, this could be interesting. And I asked him how much it paid. It paid a lot more than the going rate that I was going to get. So I said, sure. So I ended up spending my summer on this strange piece of equipment and I would drive it around the village and I would dig ditches and you know pull out trees and do all kinds of maintenance work with this you know huge piece of heavy duty machinery and the reason that this relates to Tony Robbins is the noise on that thing was um, pretty profound so I had to wear those head protectors you know over yep. your ears and so spending eight hours a day on this machine, um, you know, just listening to the vibration of the noise wasn't very exciting, but I was a clever kid and I figured out how to back in that day, hook up my Sony Walkman, you know, everyone's right. listening to cassettes, I'm really dating myself, but yeah, I figured out how to get my earbuds up underneath the ear protectors. And so I would listen to cassettes all day long. And someone had given me a set of Tony's personal power 
cassettes, which was, you know, his original program. And so you can imagine listening to that material eight hours a day over the course of the summer, how embedded that got in my subconscious. And I just devoured it. I was really interested in personal development at the time. And I loved his message. And I really connected with the ideas that he was sharing. And Richard, I swear to God, I had this idea one time as I was driving around one summer day doing whatever I was doing. You know, I was going to Vancouver to study music and I was very serious about having a career in the music industry. And I remember just this one thought flickering across my consciousness. And it was this, you know, if I didn't pursue music, I'd go work for this guy. And that was the only thought I had about it. Never gave it a second thought after that. Um, by the end of the summer, I ended up moving to Vancouver. I was in school. I was you know, going to classes. And I was downtown in the city one day, and I was lost. And it was raining, as it often does in Vancouver. And I walked into this large uh, office tower, and there was a beautiful kind of reception area. And I walked over, and I looked up. And there was this massive life-size photo of Tony Robbins. And I realized I'd walked right into their franchise division in Vancouver, wow. Canada, looking for directions. And of course, I recognized his photo and um, you know, said to the person behind the desk, uh, is this like some kind of a Tony Robbins training place or what is this? And of course, the person behind the desk being the great salesperson that he was, not only you know, got me talking about Tony Robbins, but before I left, had me signed up you know, for his next event, which was happening that weekend. And in this location, um, Tony didn't often do live events. This was like a video-based training center. So they had mm -hmm. video programs of his trainings. And then you could come in for a weekend. And in addition to doing the training, you know, take part with a live, a live group and whatnot. So here I was, a starving student, you know, no money. And it was quite a, a stretch to put that on my credit card. But something just told me to do it. And... After I did that event, I, of course, signed up for the next event. And one of the programs that Tony used to teach, which I don't think he does anymore, it was a brilliant program called The Power to Influence. And what I loved about it is that it was really based on the psychology of human behavior. So I was not interested in sales. I had no interest in that at all. But I was pretty interested in people. And because of my experience in the music business, I recognized that my success as an artist wouldn't just require profound talent, but the ability to network and influence my way into record companies and be able to sell myself to, you know, the professionals in that industry. So I went and took the program for that reason. And I was so fascinated with what I learned that I actually got really, really curious about doing that for a living. And there's a lot of other stories in between what happened then and where I ended up. But yeah, I ended up um, eventually getting invited to work with Tony on the road. So I was part of a like a SWAT team of five or six people that would travel from city to city. And we would go in maybe six or eight weeks in advance of Tony Robbins live event. And we would basically just go out and mass market, you know, to everyone we could. Um, the marketing techniques we used back then were pretty standard for the seminar business. So we would cold call companies. We would get our, you know, foot in the door and get in and talk to the decision makers in those companies and see if we could come in and do some kind of a workshop, a free workshop or a presentation to their sales team or their executive team. And during that time, we would teach them, you know, these influencing skills and give them a sample of what Tony 
he would do in his live programs. And then often, you know, we'd have a chance to sell tickets to his event and, and go on from there. So that's kind of the background of how it all happened. And yeah, I ended up, you know, I, I took that position and thought I might do it for a year just for the experience. And I ended up doing it for four years. I was on the road with him for four years and literally lived out of a suitcase for four years. So it was wow. pretty intense time. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy, but what an amazing education that was. Yeah. So when you would go into a town, um, there would be a live Tony Robbins event, say two months in the future. Yes. Would you be starting it? Uh, Cause a lot of this was pre-internet, right? Oh, before the internet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So would you be starting from ground zero to fill that room? Yes. <laughs> yes. And that was, that was the education. You know, sometimes it depended on the city and what group we were working with. Sometimes we'd have some phone support. We'd have a team of people mm -hmm. here in San Diego that would call in and book some meetings for us in advance. But even when we had that happening, it was very skeletal. Like we would arrive into a city and literally be given, you know, a cell phone. And back in those days, it was those large right. <laughs> walkie talkie phones. You know, we thought we were really, really cool. Cause we had those, um, yeah, they would give us accommodations in a rental car and that was it. And it was just up to you to go beat the bushes and book whatever kinds of meetings you could and sell as many tickets as possible. So um, if we had a few core meetings set with companies, we would work with like the real estate companies, mortgage, financial planners, um, copier companies, anyone with a sales team, um, you know, we could get in and, and basically be beneficial to. So yeah, it was it was quite a production in terms of cold calling and getting out and doing those presentations every day. And literally, you know, some days I'd be in front of three to five different audiences and it would just be a race to get from one part of the city to the other in order right. to get in front of those groups. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, we had like six weeks, maybe eight at the most to get the room filled. So it was, it was pretty and intense. Typically how many people would be in the room? It depended, you know, on the city and the time of year. I think one of our largest events I remember was about 4,000 people. So wow. a team of six of us, yeah, could get 4,000 people in the room if we really hustled. Um, you know, depending on the time of year, sometimes that was better or worse, or certain areas were more interested in Tony's work than others. But yeah, I'd say on average it was, yeah, maybe the smallest were like 2,000 up to about 4,000 people. Yeah. Well, there's a lesson for all of us in network marketing that are trying to figure out how to put six people in our yeah. <laughs> in a room, right? Or or fifty people or a hundred people. Yeah. Um, take a lesson from burn the ships, pack your suitcase, go to the town. You don't get to leave until the event's over. Nope. And no, you and here's go to here's, the next town unless you fill that event. And well, that's it. And here's the thing. We didn't get paid a dime to do that. It was all commission. So yeah. if your meeting canceled, that was too bad. You had to figure out right. a way to replace it. Yeah. So it really was. Yeah, it was really intense work. Um, I learned so much about how to keep myself motivated when things got tough. I learned so much about connecting with people and presenting to people and knowing how to influence in a really elegant way. Yeah. It, there were definitely times where I questioned my sanity in terms of what I was doing, but I'm so glad I stuck with it because it really was an incredible education. Yeah. So how did you pivot from that to discovering a niche yeah. in direct selling and network marketing? Yes. Um, well, that is kind of like another moment of destiny because in addition to all the traditional corporate 
people that we'd be in front of. Um, obviously, as you know, network marketing um, professionals are very interested in personal development. So we would often be invited in to also present for network marketing companies. So that was really my first introduction to network marketing. And this is 25 years ago. So I would be asked to come in and do training for all the major companies, you know, back in that day. And um, I really loved the people. I loved the model. Um, you know, I, I really appreciated like how committed people were to their personal growth. And I think why I naturally transitioned into doing more and more training and coaching in that space is the, the work I did with Tony in many ways was like building a downline. You know, we had X amount of time to get out and network and meet people and do whatever we could to get them excited to purchase from us. So we would build this massive customer base. And then occasionally we would meet people that wanted to do what we did. So I would recruit them and train them and get an override on them. So, you know, in that short six week period, eight week period, it was like building this massive downline in a city, but then we would leave it all behind and right. move and start all over again. So when I, you know, started training in network marketing, like the skill set that I developed and the personal skills were just so transferable to that that profession that it was just kind of a natural fit. And then the more training and coaching I did, you know, the more I really fell in love with the people and the philosophy behind this profession. And it's just been kind of a major focus for me since then. Yeah. So. Um... Tell us, tell us about, I mean, the, the, the thing that struck me about you, Sonia, was <clears throat> your grace and your mm -hmm. eloquence as mm -hmm. a marketer. And the thing that's always struck me in a bad way about network marketers is how harsh and abrupt and desperate and almost resentful or angry or reactionary they are in... Mm. trying to get people to see their way of seeing things mm -hmm. and you have what might be called an elegant approach which mm. which sort of fits you mm -hmm. you know i tried to get you to come on this interview with bedhead and you wouldn't <laughs> do it right <laughs> i've only seen you with elegance in oh, your aura well monday mornings are a different story that's for sure. thank you. uh so tell us about that what what is an elegant approach and mm. how how does that benefit people building teams and building residual income mm -hmm. i think it goes back to what i mentioned you know when i first was in that program with Tony, The Power to Influence, it became apparent to me that sales really is the highest level of service. It really is. Like when you understand what people need and you know how to communicate the value of what you have in a way that makes sense to them and they decide to move forward and purchase it or get involved or whatever it is, you know, there's just no higher way to serve people. And my image of sales before that was fairly negative. You know, I had no interest in being like a typical salesperson. But I think when I, when I really appreciated what sales is and how, when you understand those basic principles about people, you really can serve them. It just changed the whole feel of it to me. And that's why I got really interested in it. And I have to give Tony an enormous amount of credit, you know, working around him 
Um, we spent a lot of time in the field. You know, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him personally, but I did have opportunities um, to get trained with him and, and spend some personal time with him. And he's just a master. He's just a master at understanding how to communicate with people and how our minds process information. And, you know, if you really do feel like you have something that can truly change people's lives, um, you know, you can communicate that to other people in a way where it can be really well received. And I totally agree. I think, you know, that's maybe why I got such traction originally um, in terms of the network marketing space, because I was one of the first women to come in who I think um, really was fairly effective at selling, but didn't do it in a very, you know, old school, traditional way. Um, it, it just was never my style. I was always interested, though, in people. I was always interested in learning about people and finding out ways to help them. And when I made that flip in my mind, it made it so much easier to do it. So, you know, in the initial coaching programs I did and training programs, um, that's what I was teaching, especially to women in this space. And they just loved it. You know, as you know, there's so many women involved in network marketing. So um, I think for the longest time, many of them have felt kind of left out because they've looked around at the typical training that's been available, or they've looked at their upline leaders, and a lot of them were men, or they were teaching, right. you know, kind of these outdated uh, ways of, of connecting with people. So um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's really where business is at today too, especially with social media. You know, it's a relationship based business, as you know, and uh, if you can really come in with that attitude of service and of knowing how to connect with people and knowing how to ask questions to find out what is going on with them, what problems they have that you can potentially solve, and then be able to show what you have, you know, as the solution to that in a really elegant way. Um, yeah, it's not that difficult, I think, to find customers and business partners. It's just knowing how to do that effectively. So you've also coached a ton of people and um, I don't, I don't imagine you can be, you can come from the Tony Robbins environment and not have coaching be a high skill set, a big mm -hmm. distinction, whether you call it that or not, but moving people from point A to point B when they won't move on their own. Yes. And basically what a, what a coach does is supports people in asking questions, making decisions, making moves that sitting there on their own aren't going to happen. So it, as you look out on the landscape of network marketing, Sonia, you, you see perhaps 90, 95% of the people, mostly women, that want this to work for them. Mm -hmm. They want to make 500 a month or 1,000 a month or 5,000 a month or more. And yet, they're not moving. Mm -hmm. They're not moving in a powerful way. They're some people call it stuck. I I call it curled up on the couch in a funk. <laughs> um, it's not that they really don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. It's that perhaps they have a conversation in their head about, well, maybe it, somehow I can get away with not doing that, or maybe if I sit here long enough and stew something great will happen for me. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll get luckier. What What do you say to people that are not in motion mm -hmm. to get them in motion? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if you found this to be true, but the single biggest obstacle I see, especially for women, I think it's true for men as well, but especially for women, um, when it comes to 
connecting with prospects and potentially talking about their products or their business is this massive fear of looking like a salesperson. Like, you know, they're so afraid that their friends or family members or maybe even total strangers are going to see them as, you know, this quote salesperson. And I think for women, especially, you know, we're so um, connected to other people's validation and approval. So it just feels really challenging, you know, to kind of position yourself that way and potentially be rejected or, or be seen as someone who might be quote, taking advantage of other people. So um, I think you're right. Even though a lot of people know what to do, it's that obstacle of like, you know, I still feel icky. I still feel uncomfortable talking about this. Um, and it's, you know, in their head, it really is this sort of a perception of I'm taking something from someone, you know, I'm imposing on them or I'm trying to get them to buy from me. They're doing me a favor. You know, it's that whole feeling. And, and they just, um, yeah, unconsciously will avoid it because it just feels uh, unaligned, you know, with who they are. Um, so I know for me, like when I coach people and, and witness some pretty incredible transformation, um, the thing I really try to encourage them to do is really see themselves as problem solvers. And, you know, even in terms of their prospects, I know, you know, in the old days, I know you were probably around during that time and and heard this too, you know, originally when someone joined a network marketing business, you were encouraged to make your list of 100 friends and family members and just go talk to anybody. Um, And yes, that is still in some ways a great way to start, because if you know a few people who might jump in and help you out and get your business started, why not, you know, go in that direction? But there's this myth, I think, that like everyone is a prospect. You know, right. I've, heard, I've heard it in companies with skincare. Everyone with skin needs our product, <laughs> you know, or everyone who's fat needs our weight loss product. Um, and I think that can set people up for failure because not everybody either will need your product or want your product. So like the first step, I think, to success and what makes it a lot easier for people to approach people is if they have a more clear picture of who their best prospects really are. And your best prospects are people with problems that your products can solve. And I know that sounds almost intuitive, but that's like an exercise I've given, you know, my my students or the people I coach and really get them to think about like, you know, who needs your product? Um, And if you look around your company or you look at the people who've been buying from you or you look at, you know, the demographics that are represented, there's clues there. You know, there's moms buying your products or there's brides buying weight loss products or there's baby boomers using weight loss products. You know, there's there's kind of. Um, patterns there that you can learn to recognize. And I find when network marketing professionals really just start tuning into that um, and and be able to really identify who are these people that have problems um, that we can solve through our products and our business, um, not only do they end up talking to people who are typically more open, but then they really do start to see themselves as people who come in to solve these problems. Now, your prospects may say yes, they may say no, but it's a very different perception. Instead mm-hmm. of coming in and trying to push something on someone, you know, you're recognizing there are people out there with legitimate issues and challenges. I have a solution, and it's just my job to see if I can get them to take a look at it. So it's just that shift in perception, I think, that really makes a difference. And you know, I've given like students exercises and things, and just by getting them to talk to people and just ask questions, you know, and just casually listen for, you know, those issues that are there, whether it's, you know, a weight lo- a weight issue or a skin issue or an energy issue or a sleep issue, or, you know, they're unhappy in their jobs or they're, um, you know, a mom who's working many hours and doesn't get to see her young kids. Everyone's got some kind of problem they're trying to solve. And I think, and I know you're brilliant at that, Richard. That's one of the things I first really loved about you too, is you're so present with people and you're so good at asking questions. And that is, I think, one of the most important skills we all need 
just that capacity to get present with people and ask questions and listen. Um, because if you can pick up on the problems that people are suffering from and your product happens to be a solution, um, it's just so much easier, I think, for people to feel brave, you know, to, to mention it. And then knowing how to talk about it too makes, makes a big difference. Yeah, I think just the just the shift of when two people come together, normally the salesperson sees themselves as, well, my job is to talk, mm-hmm. talk, talk and tell, talk and tell, talk and tell. and the prospect over here, they don't really have a job, but they do have sort of a spiritual need as a human being, as a spiritual being, and that's a need to be understood, mm-hmm. to be seen, to matter. And so when a salesperson comes together with a prospect, and it doesn't even matter if, a sales, if it's a salesperson, if it's two neighbors come together and one of them just talks, 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 the other one does not actually feel like hanging out, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they don't feel honored. They don't feel safe. They don't feel heard. They don't feel seen. They don't feel like they matter. And so it's just not a, it's not a special experience. And so as a salesperson, if we can just make that one shift, hey, I know for thousands of years, you thought your job was to talk and tell and sell. Mm-hmm. and the problem with that is sometimes that works if you're really good, um, but most of the time it just irritates people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what if you just flipped it and let them do all the talking? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how you do that is ask questions. That's the only way to get somebody else talking, right? Ask yeah. questions. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of the innate skills we have as women. I think there's plenty of men that have it too, but women, you know, I keep telling uh, women that all the time. It's like, you are built for this. You know, it's like, there's, there's certainly training and ideas and structure, but it's like, if you just show up and are genuinely present with someone and just care and just ask questions, you know, ask them about their family, ask them about their work, ask them about their health, whatever makes sense in terms of your product or your opportunity you know, and just really listen, you know, like you said, people are dying for an audience, they're dying for someone to show interest in them. And, you know, I I learned that really on early on, it's like people will tell you everything you need to know about them, you know, to influence them, if you just ask questions and listen. And, uh, you know, then the next step is, is knowing how to show what you have can solve that. And just, you know, having some language to do that effectively. So tell us about the Biz Academy for Women. This is your, um, current labor of love the last couple of years this is the manifestation of everything you've ever done bringing it to a head for women in network marketing direct selling yes yeah um well i was so lucky when i first got introduced to this profession i i was invited to coach personally coach you know top leaders in a few different companies and i was lucky to work with some amazing women um, and I learned, you know, even more about the profession from working with them um, and, uh, you know, just really had an incredible education in terms of what it takes, I think, to build a successful network marketing team and business. Um, and I love that work. Um, but, you know, I, over time, I found like there was just more and more demand on my time. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to be able to help people on their teams and, and you know, be able to, to share some ideas that would be useful for everyone. So I moved out of this sort of personal coaching space into doing group coaching and then even that was getting, you know, a little demanding. So I started creating courses online and 
put some of my content together in these online courses, which worked really well. Um, but as you mentioned, like I've had this amazing good fortune, especially through social media to reach a large following. So, um, you know, it's like, how do I help 500,000 people, you know, potentially learn these skills? And it's certainly not going to come from me showing up and sharing my time all at once. It's just not going to work that way. So I've learned a lot about online marketing kind of by accident, to be honest. I never thought this would be come a focus of mine. But, you know, over the years, I've I've learned a ton. I've, I've been invited into some really cool mastermind groups with industry professionals. And yeah, I've just learned a great deal about how to deliver curriculum online. So that's what sparked this idea. And yes, a year or so ago, I, I launched this academy. And the goal was to be able to provide, you know, all the steps that anybody would need, but especially women, um, to be able to build a six figure plus network marketing business. And um, so that's what I've basically uh, created all the curriculum around is this simple three-step process that I teach. And I wanted to make it super affordable so that anybody could plug in and take part in this. So for a very low monthly fee, people can come in and get access to all this training. We have an amazing community in there of people. I'm just so humbled. I think we have people from at least like 45 different countries and wow. all different levels. And, um, you know, I mentioned to you, like, it, it is humbling for me to go into our Facebook group and see someone in the Netherlands share about something that they did that was really successful. And then I'll see a photo from a team in Dubai, you know, um, who are working in like a really remote area. And it's just, I think the internet today is just the most incredible gift to this profession and to be able to use it effectively um, to connect and to develop relations and serve people is, is just the most amazing thing. So Yes, I launched that a while ago, and um, it's been a labor of love. It's been a lot of work, but I love doing it. And yeah, it's it's for me just you know a way to really be able to help as many people as possible in a way that they can afford. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing about um, something like that is you know that's a that's if that's a hundred thousand dollars a year worth of education. Which in network marketing, if you build in a legacy company, a company where when you build it, you get paid forever, that's worth millions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the unique things about our profession is you can invest hardly anything. I mean, a year's worth of your program is, what, five, six hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and, and out of that, you can build a business worth millions. Mm -hmm. I mean, where else can you do that? Where else can you spend? six hundred dollars five hundred dollars a thousand dollars two thousand dollars and and be coached and mentored to build a business worth millions mm -hmm. and and you can do it in a short period of time you can do it in four or five six years maybe seven years you can mm -hmm. build a business like that that'll last a lifetime and i think one of the biggest mistakes i've seen network marketers make is when they get their check whatever their check is it's five hundred dollars it's fifteen hundred dollars it's five thousand dollars they're, they're still so oriented towards job income, linear income, that they see the whole check as theirs. And I remember I was coaching a guy about five, six years ago, and I asked him how much money he was making. I don't remember what he said. I, I think it was $5,000 a month or $15,000 a month. And I asked him, what percentage of that do you invest back in growing, you know, the business? And he and <laughs> He had the most priceless look on his face, looking at me like I just asked him a question that, you know, made no sense at all. He's, he had this blank look on his face and he just wow. said, nothing. And 
I mean, that's happened so many times in my career where people think if they're getting a check from their company, that, that the way the setup is they should keep it all and just go spend it and then go earn more. Mm. And what they're missing there is the greatest leverage you and I have to earn more money to double our trip check and triple our check is us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like we are, we're the horsepower that can get leveraged into doubling and tripling and quadrupling the income. Mm-hmm. And if we just invest in us just a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we can go from uh, zero to hero. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I know you're a huge advocate of personal development and, and investing in yourself. I mean, I would. there's no way I'd be here doing what I'm doing without having not only invested myself, but, you know, been supported and mentored by some amazing people along the way. And I remember that very first event I told you about that. I mean, I had no money, you know, I just kind of knew in my heart, this is the right thing to do. I put it on a credit card. I may have been, you know, overstretching myself a little bit at the time, but it it just um, ignited this appetite in me for that kind of work. And you're so right. You know, I, I think anytime you can invest in learning from people who've got the results that you want, you're just going to save yourself so much time. And, yeah. um, you know, these days there's, there's really, like you said, almost no excuse. There's just so much good training available, especially on the internet. There's so many amazing programs that are fairly affordable. So have you ever been asked that question, Richard? Um, someone asked me that once, like, if you look at how much money you've invested in your own self-development over the years. Do you have any idea? All the seminars, all the books. It's bizarre you asked me that. Yeah. Um, Because I've told this story a few times. Uh, See, I I think I was, see, I'm 65 now. I think I was about 50. So I had been full-time in network marketing for 25 years or something. I'm not good at that, but... um, I think it was, I think I'd been full time for 25 years, and I was coaching a group of my top leaders in my sales organization, and I had my coach, who was a totally separate, pretty expensive coach. I had her come and be a guest speaker on my coaching call, so she was coaching the people I was coaching. And somewhere in there, she asked me, she said, Richard, how much money have you invested in what I would call, uh, you know, transformational development, not just skills, but, you know, success comes through us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's really not a matter of like manifesting success out there in the world. It's it's a matter of us becoming different people. And Mm -hmm. when we become different people, our world just changes around us. We just bring a totally different world to us. And, and that's how you create abundance. Mm-hmm. And so the kind of work that she was asking me about was not going to the national convention or that kind of stuff, but actual money I invested in 11-day programs, seven-day programs, five-day programs, three-day programs, two-day, one-day programs, where I would uh, you know, basically assault my belief systems. Because you go back to the distributor we talked about earlier who stuck, right? Well, like you said, it's just a matter of changing your perspective. So you just, Mm -hmm. you spun a story for that stuck distributor about, hey, you're telling yourself a story about you've got to go sell and get rejected. What if you just went and discovered what kind of problems they have? Maybe they're not even a candidate, right, at all. So then you don't have to sell. But if they are a candidate and you really find out what their problems all 
are they're going to ask you if you have a solution. So you just change the story, and boom, people get into movement. Mm-hmm. And so what I what she was asking about, Richard, is how much money have you spent? Have you invested in changing those core stories that have you play small? And I had no idea, Sonia. So I had her come back the next week to the call the next week. And in the meantime, I went and added it up as best I could. Uh, 22 to 50. So I don't know. Is that, I don't know, 23 years or something? I don't know. Hmm. $250,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? In 1983, now I was making pretty good money. I was making like 40 grand a month. I invested $11,000 in a set of videotapes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like maybe half of my net income for the month. So, ladies and gentlemen, think about your net income. <laughs> Would you invest half of it in a set of videotapes? Um, and I just did stuff like that constantly. Why? Because who I was. Yes. As a barely got through high school, angry, resentful, introverted, small, negative thinking chicken cutter was not worth a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Not to other people. And that's how you that's how you make money in our profession is be worth the kind of money you want. You want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year? You have to be worth that mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. maybe a thousand people on your team. You have to bring that kind of value, and you can't do that if you can't even get from point A to point B yourself, right? You got to get off the couch, <laughs> and then you have to be able to listen for helping other people get off the couch. Mm-hmm. That that's a that all requires not just investment. It's not mm-hmm. just about money. Mm-hmm. You and I have had plenty of people that invested in our courses. I don't I don't know what they're thinking like if I throw money at it magically that's going to do it right and it doesn't you actually have to engage in the training that's part 2 right but if you do that oh my gosh you can't help but transform you can't help but yeah. 90 days later be a different person yeah 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 and to be honest I think that's why I have willingly spent so much time with people in the network marketing space because I have this, I guess, belief or philosophy that um, people are attracted here for many reasons. You know, there's this opportunity to earn great money. There's opportunities to help people through the products. I mean, there's so many great benefits of being involved in this profession, being part of a team, the travel, the perks, the cars, whatever it is, um, the camaraderie. But to me, I think the underpinnings of this entire profession, it calls to people to grow. It calls to people to step into who they truly are. And, you know, that for me was the biggest benefit of all the work I've done, you know, is really discovering a lot more of who I am. I mean, you can't put a price tag on that. Um, And that I think is the ultimate reward that everyone gets by moving through whatever obstacles or challenges surface as you're building your business. You know, they, they say it's a personal development plan with a paycheck, which is true. You know, you get paid very well to grow and evolve, but at the end of the day, it's the who you are that you discover that is priceless. And that is the biggest reward. And I've never seen people more interested or more willing to do that than the people that show up in this space. So I, I do feel like there's this kind of divine element to it that just is um, really supporting people in that kind of transformation. Yeah, well, you are a huge gift to our profession, 
Sonia, mm. I, I have a grand appreciation for how special you are because mm. there's a lot of trainers, there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of programs, and they're not delivering the spirit and the heart, the intuition mm. and the wisdom that you are. And so I'm honored to introduce you um, to my audience in Global Influencer, and I encourage you audience to seek out and find Sonia Stringer. She is no longer uh, Miss, what's the name of that town? Lillouette. <laughs> <laughs> She's no longer Miss Lillouette. She has transformed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that's happened since then. <laughs> and, she, and she can be of great service to your wealth building and network marketing. Tanya, thank you so much for joining me at Global Influencer. Thank you. My pleasure. We'll see you down the road. Definitely. Thank you so much, sir. Hey, everybody, don't forget to share this interview with your team. And share it with anybody that you care about because Sonia can help anybody from any walk of life. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying yes the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.